Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, Noel Gallagher's high-idling Jaguar. I, I, was, I was coming back late last night from a job. And you know when you start to get creative with your driving... And there was also some. I'm just going to leave like creative that. driving. I'm just going to leave that there. What are you doing tomorrow? As, oh, I'm on my creative driving course. Course, yeah, exactly. That was good. I enjoy it. I was just doing a bit, and also the music was really good. There was some good music on the radio, so it was getting me a bit sort of heated up. I was getting, I was, I was, I was getting a bit bouncy. But this yeah, reminds you know, me of. I think I might have told you this before about a guy I used to work with who was famously a bit of an erratic slash terrifying driver and we had a new member of our team who got a lift from this guy and when she got back to the office she went how was it being a passenger in the car were you okay uh did he did he drive all right and she went she's a very polite uh young woman and she went he he was driving in quite an exotic manner Exotic, exotic, oh, and I've never forgotten that brilliant. to describe basically someone who's an absolute <laughs> wingnut behind the wheel, just going, oh, he's <laughs> driving quite exotically again. But I like your creative driving as well. I think that's creative driving. Well, I've had so a few how job- did how did your creative driving manifest itself last night? Oh, it was great. I was doing, <clears throat> I was do- I was doing plenty of. Uh, I was I was I, I was driving a, a a Porsche Cayman GT4. Yes, and I'm not I going know. to tell you all about that because that's for a video on, m- on my channel. But what I would say, it's obviously in that Porsche way, a very satisfying mechanical experience. But um, I had to take it back and drop it off at Porsche GB with a very sad emoji face and then and then <laughs> pick up my, my, my Zoe, which felt like I was driving on top of a... It's a great, it's a great car in its own right, but it did feel like I was driving on top of a porter cabin all the way home, rather than in a porter cabin. But um, I was doing the whole like regen braking, not using the actual brake pedal um, to try and t- immaculately time coming up to a roundabout after a spirited uh, dual carriageway section. So, yeah. and it doesn't have one pedal braking. There is a bit of regen, but it's light, so you have to. I, I'm trying to time how long before the car will roll to a stop or a near stop without touching the brakes oh and it's and it takes a bit of skill rich and i'm not going to lie it takes so a bit that's of skill. pure just letting the momentum ebb it's, away it's coast timing coast i would timing. call it yeah because you have to know how far to kind of coast yeah and and, and you have to really you have to really analyze the distance it's probably more fun than it is for me to describe it to, to, to <laughs> listeners anyway that in combination with a little bit of 90s dance it was going down all right oh. and um yeah of course and I was, I was just saying to you before we started recording it's am i the only one that looks at the traffic lights on the um 
the 90 degree to your right um, at a roundabout to see whether that goes to amber for whether I need to get ready to go on the on the clutch or on the on the throttle you went yeah of course I do that so well, do we I just do can't that? believe that everyone doesn't but I know I'm pretty certain they don't I think the inattentive driver doesn't but the the keen Tillerman or woman will obviously do that every time because they put those sort of tubes over the lights don't they or sometimes like a half tube to try and conceal them the half tube is crafty because they've realized the full tube you can see the light reflecting yeah. off the inside of the tube so you're still getting a little tip off from the old Damn amber it, you, know, you do know yeah you do but they put and the also, half tube on now to avoid the reflections, which is really, I think, spoils. What about sports. the 80s? What about the louvers, the slats? Yes, they, they well, did, did like the, the rear window of a Capri. Yeah, like the rear window. I was going to say. accessorised Capri window in 1984. Yeah, and I quite like the louver thing. Um, mm. I'm, I'm quite down with that. But, of course, you can see the reflections from the inside of the louver. Is, is the reflection Now, red? I wonder, is, is the louver not commonly seen sort of when the traffic lights in urban areas they're near a building is it is it sort of to um to stop the glare yeah so that you're if you're, you've got a bedroom right by right by some traffic lights you don't feel like you're in a very slow motion 70s disco i, I can imagine it being really annoying oh it'd be awful wouldn't it it's like i used to I, have a street light outside my bedroom window a house i used to rent yeah and it was one of those yellowy, what is that, a sodium bulb? I'm trying to remember what yeah, kind of I guess bulb so, that was. Isn't it? So it, I think so. It's like, an, it's like an old diesel engine. It takes about 20 minutes to get up to working temperature, and then it sits yes. there, bright <laughs> as can be. And it's like, come on, I'm at working temperature now. Screw Mind you, you we've got some of those energy-saving bulbs in our house. And I swear to God, the one in our bedroom, it's in the top light, so of course you don't, we don't really use it that much, thank God. But I swear, when you first turn it on, it actually sucks existing light out of the room. It's the most ineffectual light you've ever seen. And then after about five minutes, bing, it's all, yay, look, I can light things. And you just go, yeah, take your time, mate. But, Bloody um, hell. Like old yeah. school TVs with valves. Yeah. Because we used to have, we bought a second-hand TV when I was a kid that was bigger than our old TV, but it was an older television, so we saw it. It was kind of taketh with one hand and giveth with the other. Yeah. And I remember it. It was wood veneer sided and it was a General Electric TV, GEC. Was it? Yeah. And, and it had uh, fantastic push buttons. Do You push one in and it pops the other one out. And, and, and it was old. I, I remember it was old when we got it, but because it was bigger, it felt special. And to this day, I can remember, if you were going to watch a special program, like let's say the A-Team, because I remember that was a... A, a good moment you'd have to put the telly on maybe five minutes early to let it kind of come on song because it would do a bit of flickering it would do a little, it, yeah honestly you had to sort of put the tv on choke the run out of the room go and do whatever your mum had asked you to do like you've got to do that make sure you've set the table make sure you've done that okay i'm going to do that my trainers are not by the door they're, they're, they're where they should be and then you'd know that all the picture and everything was dead clear in order to fully appreciate the cinematic beauty of George Peppard and, uh, I don't know, Willis Jeeps that just seem to spookily do huge barrel rolls when they yeah. touch like a, a, a fern. <laughs> and then yeah. the occupants would get out going, ah! Yeah, really <laughs> sooty-faced. Yeah. <laughs> General Electric's a funny company, though, isn't it? Because it's they make yeah. so much stuff. If you went on Dragon's Den and went, yeah, I've got mm. this, this idea for a company and we're going to make televisions... 
and microwaves for Americans and jet engines and really big trains for Americans. They just go, oh, no, 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 no. You're, spread, you're spreading yourself oh. a bit, Sim. Yeah. <laughs> Look, here's where I'm at. Your business model is too diffuse. Now get out. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? There's no general... synergies there. There's no. You know what? I think we could use the same parts in some of our microwaves as we do in our... Uh, massive jet engines don't you think mm, no but I suppose that's what happens when a company starts a very long time ago and just gradually mm. diversifies left diversifies right I'd imagine they, they bought people didn't they they must have bought other people maybe and that's how it's sort of got to this weird position I don't know course they bought Coles. people I tell you what when I was driving back last night the one thing that really made me giggle was I went past on the on the motorway, you know, when you overtake slowly because you're probably on cruise control and you're only doing four miles an hour more than the other guy. Oh yeah, so well, I find that annoying. Slow. I'll often give it a tickle just to get past and then re- resume. Yes, so I was doing that because I was just tired. I was just cruising, and I went past a Fiat 500, a white one, modern, mm. modern one, mm. obviously. And I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but it's that it's that assumption of oh, I bet that's being driven by a female probably under 35 let's just see well how wrong i was for a start the whole car was full of skin like the what? the ho- there was there was it was there was a shoulder right up against the the door glass on the driver's side and there was a guy in it who it, it just looked comedic like he he had the car built around him. There's no way he would have got, got in through the door. <laughs> and, and, and and, now, just close your eyes. We're going to weld the sides on. <laughs> exactly. But I was going to say, like, put, put a space blanket on. We're just going to spot weld the roof. Okay, ready? Go. Three, two, one. Now, now if, you, if it's to get too hot, just tell us that we'll stop the robot for a minute. Exactly. Here's a really cold can of lilt. Just, just dab it over your face. <laughs> yeah. If the sparks in your clothes just quickly press the lilt against it. This guy, honestly, this guy was massive. He just looked like a 70s wrestler. And I couldn't stop giggling because he was driving, you know, with that sort of hunch over the wheel that you get. Yeah. And clearly, I, I, I just can't believe it was his car. And I'm not being I'm not being sort of car sexist here because I I'm currently driving a Zoe every day and that's what I was in and I get lots of people saying to me I believe they're really good cars they're just good women's cars though aren't they and I'm like nah it's just not fair just because it's got a lady name but yeah. um, and also how many how many drift guys go yeah I, I drive a Sylvia that's the name of an old lady who has a hostess trolley full of scones <laughs> isn't it yes. But I mean, that's 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 the stereotype. Right? I mean, how many young Sylvias do you know? Um, but yeah, that's so true. I, that is one of those names that just sort of stopped being given ooh. to babies in about what nineteen seventy. Oh, a Sylvia is a it's a staunch care home name these days. I would have thought, isn't it? There's probably a lot of Sylvias. Yeah, my mum had a friend called Sylvia, and she was. Yeah. Well, I mean, she'd be in her seventies now, so there we are. I bet she used to wear those really shiny jumpers you know the ones with the sort of silver fleck weave in them oh no were, no this Sylvia was a farmer's a wife she was very sort of um uh, no practical oh okay practical clothing because you know she'd have to do stuff on the farm okay barber jacket with a bit of poo stain on one of the on one of the pockets well not, not, not a human one a horse <laughs> one or a cow one <laughs> yeah probably off-brand wax jackets oh off-brand I think okay. so because it's, it's not if you're an actual farmer and you're not sort of you know one of those 
farmers who just tells other people what to do you don't go barber do you it's just it's, you're just paying for the label you go functional know. you go down to one of those farm supply shops and you just get whatever they've got so no name wax jacket i think so yeah okay just go down to your mole your mole valley bear in mind this was in the shop. 80s as well that, that uh, I, I'm yep. sort of talking about. I mean, you know, and into the 90s as well. Perhaps. And just ever so slightly into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping Taking you through period. the night with hits from the 80s <laughs> and slightly <laughs> in the 90s as well, just a little bit. <laughs> I had that. I had a, a, a mate's birthday party a few weeks ago and um, her husband, who's one of my best friends, said, I've got a Spotify playlist. I'm having a silent disco. So I'm oh. doing Spotify playlists for Silent Disco. There's three channels. So I'm going to do um, 90s, uh, 2000 to the present day, and then pre-90s, basically, because 90s being, I guess, the heyday of when all of us were students. In your teens or whatever. And he just wanted a load of Britpop, I think, on a, on a playlist. So that's fine. But then I kept getting wrong-footed by things I, he said here's the details for the spotify list because he knows i'm a bit of a musical nerd and he went you dive in and add some stuff if you want and i kept thinking of stuff and then going oh that'll be great on the 90s playlist and then oh it came out in 1989 and there's a lot Are of those you- sort of cusp of decade songs that you think oh that's classic 90s and you realize that it's it's not or that it's yeah. things that are more recent or older than I thought it's just it's I, I get I used to be quite good at uh, you know identifying the year songs came out and I feel like I'm now I'm just it's not even one year out it's more like I've just keep getting things two or three years out oh gosh rich it's the beginning of the end isn't it I know yeah I won't I guess get to tell you when the Austin Maestro came out next oh that's awful isn't it it was 1983 okay Ken. thanks for <laughs> I was going to say no look listen <laughs> Guys, look. guys, uh, welcome to show. I think we, I mean t- today's <clears throat> today's this week has been Children in Need Week that we're recording this, and I think I do think Ken Bruce needs to just give us a shout and say, "Look, for Children in Need, let's do Shopmaster." <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it. Come on, do Come it. on Ken, just... get absolutely wankered on air for the children. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's Everyone's, for the kids, Ken. Don't be it's selfish. For the kids. Everyone's got to open the cupboard, find that holiday booze that you referenced a long while ago. Oh, I bought a bottle of this. What the are you bottles. having next? Well, Ken, it's sort of yellow shit that I bought when I was on holiday in <laughs> Greece Corfu. 17 yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. dear, that sounds a little powerful. <laughs> oh, down the hatch you go. <laughs> Is there any sentiment at the bottom? Yes, Ken, about two centimetres. Yeah. Right, yeah. give it a quick shake and then it's let's go. It's gone really milky now, Ken, but I'm going to give it a go. Oh, that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. yeah. Well, um, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we once had a chat about Ken, Ken Bruce's Potmaster spin-off, Shotmaster, which is a radio drinking game, which is, is one of our videos. So it's on YouTube. Oh gosh, it is. It's that old, isn't it? See us, yeah. I think oh, were yeah. we, was it when we were driving the Suzuki Jimny? I think it was one of the. Was it a Ken? Where we're in that, yeah, I think. And if if anyone from BBC Radio is listening, just come on, take that idea and run with it. Don't exactly. be foolish. Obviously, yeah. it's not you're not going to do it in a car. It's a daft. No, it's simply at a desk with a collection of exotic booze, usually in a bottle. Because you know, exotic booze that's not necessarily nice booze is always in an interestingly shaped mm. bottle. So it's like they mm. spend money on the glass, not necessarily the contents. Yeah, um, it's, I, got a, go, it's got a depiction of a shirtless man on a horse <laughs> in quite detailed relief on the bottle. 
that must be really expensive to do. But actually, it turns out like it's plum gin or something. (laughs) It's a bamboo basket that looks a little bit like a cricket box if you took it off. (laughs) So you can go to a fancy dress party looking like a native, in inverted commas, (laughs) wearing... Or the idea is you drink an entire bottle of this stuff and then wear said bamboo basket. And then dress like the person on the label, yeah. Yes. Oh, what a great idea. Co- you bring a, a good, bottle. That's a good party. Hang on, Twist indeed. on the fancy dress theme. Bring some weird booze that you bought on holiday, but you have to be dressed as the label. That's a brilliant idea. I mean, I suppose the obvious one is Captain Morgan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just have a party full of <laughs> Captain Morgans and the, um, what's his face, Johnny Walker probably. Oh, Johnny Walker, just Not a the bloke DJ. in a real hurry. No, <laughs> a bloke in double denim. Um, I, I was going to say, someone um, said to me the other day that we should do Shotmaster at one of the late break live shows. Oh, and I was a bit wow. like, well, yes, but is it sort of, oh, is there a, is there a, a, is there a, a potential clash with that? the idea that it's basically a car show at which we're then going to... Um, drink heavily on stage we'd have to organize a a bus a coach to take us all away to a holiday inn or whatever yeah wouldn't we and drop you know drop everyone off so everyone has to stay at the same two or three b&b's it has to be a plaxton paramount or um uh one of those what about a van hool we're doing a van hool oh it's a van hool yeah it's a van Van hool Yeah, I'd love. It. I haven't Ooh. been on a coach for ages. What about? Well, I tell you what. Why don't you recreate the feeling of being on a coach by buying a load of fruit and then leaving it in a hot bag for three weeks, <laughs> and then like buy a radiator, something like that, you know, a hot a hot rucksack, and then just open the rucksack and have a good smell because that's what coaches smell like: hot rotting fruit, hot rotting fruit, and hot I'm rotting gonna, fruit. Back with another rot- of that hot rotting fruits. <laughs> And I'm going to wear I'm going to wear some man-made fibres, uh, but yes. just before I do put that on, just after I put that on, I'm going to go for quite a long run, and then I'm going to mask it quickly because it's one of those ones where you do exercise and you realise you haven't put deodorant on, so you put it on after to do the sort of back masking. And that, and I, <laughs> but I'd use something like Lynx. Uh, Lynx. I don't think they do Lynx Oriental anymore. I think they're, they're not. Co- I don't think Oriental I don't is. I actually available. remember that anyway. Was it? Yeah, really I, I went that. Yeah, I went through a phase of enjoying Lynx Oriental uh, deodorizing spray. I think it was purple accents on a black can, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, yeah, that's what I would do. And then you'd you'd come off the bus, obviously stinking of either gone off fruit or <laughs> a sort of nineties um, deodorant, and then yeah, and then get drinking. Basically, unless you've started on the bus already with a carry. Oh, I bag, think you which... probably started on the bus already, haven't you? Yeah, I've I got mean... a Mitsubishi hip flask in the cupboard. I'd probably c- c- crack on with that. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, I, I suppose that would be. I just, I mean, really, you want a bag of cans, though, don't you? For bag o cans, is that cans. A... Yeah, that but they're be... always warm. Whenever you buy them, I don't like warm lager. Warm cider, I can handle. No, you get you can get it from the from the fridge in the shop surely yeah I've always had disappointment with that it's oh. never as cold as you were expecting and then I'm reluctant no, to well, commit no because they often have those sort of open fronted um, yeah which is just I mean whose idea is that to put loads of things in a fridge but not put a door on it and then go oh I wonder where my electricity's going <laughs> yeah 
It's just like, well, don't don't be a complete flesh wallet. You, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's like opening the front door of your house, leaving the leaving the heating on, and then going, I just can't believe it's still chilly. And just it just won't warm up. It's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Supermarkets uh, are just so dim. What, well, why? yeah. Actually, that's one of the things. One <clears> of those things that bugs me a lot is when you go into a supermarket that has the sliding or or hinged doors on the fridges or freezers, and someone's mm. left them open. Yeah, that is annoying. It really pisses me off. Well, somebody know. hasn't adjusted just, a self-close mechanism, if there is one. Yeah. I do well, like it the might sliders, be I think it might sort of slovenliness a, sometimes, but yeah. Well, people are, as you know, people can be flutes, can't they? It, yes. Oh, I, I know what I was going to ask you. Not, yes. uh, it, it wasn't about that bloke in the Fiat 500 that, that made me instantly think of real-life Mario Kart, <laughs> um, where it's... it's um, it was somebody mentioned on social media actually, and and I thought this is good as a as a potential topic for us to to talk about, and I'll bring it up now. Um, really, really good. He said, "If you had a, if you could get a time machine, what what era would you go back to so you could go into a car dealership and and strike a deal buying a vehicle?" And I thought, "Oh, Ooh, that's a good hell. one." Yeah, I know. It's a it's a rich. It's a rich, just one. Just got to buy one. Yeah, or maybe I might let you have two for the purposes of the podcast. So you know, let's say one's across the road from the other one. It's actually Ant Brownies. That what period would you set your time machine for, and what dealership would you visit? For example, Johnny could head to a Roots dealer and haggle on an Avenger Tiger and an Imp to squirrel away somewhere. And I thought, bloody hell, I think he's hit the nail on the head there, Ant. That's that's quite a strong. Do we add anything? We've got sort of infinite budget, or Infinite budget, but it has to be something that appeals to you. Don't just go for resell. That's no, just, no, I that's wouldn't. But I, I was just, Richard. I, you know, I, the thing is, I sort of I, there's a temptation to go back to 1985 and go to a Ferrari dealer and say I'd like a 288 GTO, please. But I think even then they'd have gone. What other Ferraris have you bought from us? And I'd have to say I haven't. I've just arrived in a time machine, <laughs> and I'm afraid I haven't had time. Do you want me to pop back another no, five years I, and buy a 308 from you, and then I've got no, to I keep would. jumping forward a year until I've got a collection of other Ferraris? No, hang on, because they obviously wouldn't believe you about the time machine. So you'd have to say, no. "Look, I'm a very famous street magician. I'm going to reach into my pocket, and I've got this. I've got a, I've got a television that phones people in my pocket, and you bring out your smartphone. Everyone, would, everyone would just go, "What the shit's going on here? This is spooky." And go right now that you've seen my pocket television phone that does everything better than you've ever seen. Put me down for a two eight eight GTO, all right? Or I'm going to start having loud words with people in the street outside your dealership. Trouble is, you're, like, they'd say this television phone has limited functionality, and you go, "Yeah, because you haven't. There's no mobile phone masts, and you haven't got Wi-Fi. We haven't got what? Never mind. Just do the audio. Well, just make sure you've got lots of stuff saved on there, so you can you yeah. can flick through and go, "Look, I can watch TV. Look, there's a music video. Look yeah. at this. Look, Look at I'm going to play. I'm going to play you this bit of music <clears> for, and they'd be going, "I don't what who who." We've never even heard of half these bands. No, they don't exist yet. That's, I mean, that's the old thing. What about if you did go back? You got distracted and you forgot to buy a car, but you were just back in 1985 and you did things that made you incredibly famous and then you got in a time machine, came back to the present day, forgot what you'd done, and then you just kept getting bothered in the streets because, hey, it's that guy from the 80s. And we're like, what? When? Well, I don't remember any of this. He hasn't aged a bit. Well, no, because it was a time machine. Um, it's just like first world time machine problems, a yes. situation that's never going to arise. 
isn't that the, that's one of the, the the simplest ways to to demonstrate that there that there will never be time machines is that we aren't ever being visited by people from the future no i think that's i think you're absolutely right there so i was thinking of this uh, this question and he did actually also mention something like imagine going into a a, a Lotus dealership or a Vauxhall dealership just at a time when the Lotus Carlton has come off sale and mm. sales aren't particularly good. So Ooh. there's one there's one sitting there and it hasn't flown out the door and they're getting a bit they're getting a bit touchy about it, going like, oh shit, we're gonna have to get rid of this thing. And you can go in and strike a keen deal and it's in a sort of ex demonstrator. <laughs> and I thought, oh because I have thought about Lotus Carltons recently a lot. Yeah. I've got a real, I've got a real thing for them. I do want one, um, on that side of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, this is so tempting, isn't it? Because now you've said that, I'm thinking, God, imagine it's 1987, and various manufacturers are going, oh shit, Group B rallying's been cancelled, and we've got all these bloody homologation cars to get rid of still. Except Lancia, yeah. who didn't bother building theirs in the first place, but <laughs> as far as I can work out, I don't. I still can't. I could never find out how many um, uh, Delta S4 Stradales were actually made. But I sort of have this feeling it was about four, four or something. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I think it was yes. four. I think it was such a con job. But um, Audi built. 200 Sport Quattros, though I think those did all sell because I guess they were sort of the least weird and probably the most civilised and were just a sort of amped up but shortened Quattro because I seem to remember they sold pretty quickly and the last batch made all came to the UK the last Sport Quattros made were, were UK cars because there was such demand for them here so I don't think car. you get a Sport Quattro cheap in sort of 1986, 87, but they couldn't shift RS200s or 6R4s, no. I know that. Mm. Not yep. sure about T16s. I'd love a T16. <sighs> T16 would be a special thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oof. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I know this. It's one of those. It's one of those pondering. It's a good pub chat, actually. It's a good pub chat with people. I told you about when I met that. I met a billionaire. Weirdly, I met a billionaire. I met this guy. He was a very covert billionaire, but he he's he's massively wealthy, as it turned out. um, Who um, was involved in F one and. 
but he's a so, total car nerd. He would be like our age, which is even more depressing that he's got more money than astronauts. But he, he said, um, we started talking about what cars he'd got in his collection. And he said, oh, I just, you know, I've got a real thing about 205 GTIs. And I went, oh, have you got one? And he went, uh, well, I've got, yeah, I've got more than one, actually. So I've got, I said, you've got a 1.6. Then he went, yeah, and a 1.9. And I went, don't tell me you've got a T16 as well. And he just went, hmm, yes, yes, I do have a T16 as well. <laughs> I was like, you bastard. Then he went, but I don't have a CTI. And it clearly really bothered him that he hadn't got a CTI in his collection. And I was like, we don't need one. He went, yeah, but just for mm, for completeness, it really bothers me that I don't have one. <laughs> and then we were talking about various sort of less desirable derivatives of cool cars and how much he would... Um, he would want he would want one in his in his collection. Proper car nerd. I was really impressed. Actually, it just goes to show you can have all the money in the world, but you can still be kind of down and dirty with the grim details of going. Do you remember the Fiat Tipo with the digital dash kind of it's, nonsense? It's not about the the money, money, is it? And also, rarity doesn't have to be expensive, um, or exotic. Uh, sort of the perception of exotica. The perception of exotica. The perception of exotica. <clears throat> I was listening to Brian Cox. The um, Astro guy, yes, um, doing some sort of um, advert for his new show on the radio, yeah. and I thought quite like Brian Cox's voice to narrate to narrate um, the scene of like uh, one of these 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 TV shows where you no prep drag racing shows where they find in inverted commas <laughs> an, an abandoned road in the middle of nowhere what? to just you know to just turn up and pull the car off the trailer and you're not allowed to do any prep you just got to stage up check the car and race and usually one of them ends up crashing hang on and, are these uh, real shows yeah they are yeah yeah um, oh yeah, in america yeah Okay. What's it called? Drag Outlaws or something? I went through a phase of watching it quite. Regularly. Oh right, this is a it's new one. Fun. I didn't know this. Yeah, okay. But the idea with no prep um, drag racing is obviously you don't know the surface of the the road that you're going to race on, and mm. you haven't got time to do shakedowns. Mm. So you just have to go with your gut. <laughs> it's like it just feels they're just trying to synthesize dangerousness. I mean, oh, it's, why, it's, why I would mean, you do this? Well, I guess it's I for weird, danger, weird bravado. Yeah. In fact, I think Formula One should do a bit of no prep racing. I think it <laughs> yeah, would be amazing. Or rallying. No, you're not allowed pace oh. notes. You, you, you've got no idea where the road's going at all. And sometimes oh, it gosh. might just stop. But that's or we've painted a tunnel on a wall like Wiley Coyote. That's the challenge. <laughs> and, and no, that's I just the... think you've just got to pick a co-driver with incredible vision, and they've got to get really far <laughs> down the road, and then describe it quickly. So you know, like you know, like a an art critic. That, that describes a painting very, very, very detailed. You have to be like that, but at hyperspeed. Or you are allowed pace notes, but your co-driver is someone who's not very fast talking. He's got quite a languid delivery. I don't know, like Gary Barlow or someone. He's, he's just sort of... <laughs> Gary well, Barlow then. pace notes. Yeah. Well, he's just, he's just so... He's, yeah, he's just going, <laughs> I think there's a corner coming up here around oh it was that one we just went round there now when i wrote a million lo- oh sorry there's a bridge here i forgot to mention and he's just <laughs> he's just sort of just gently gently just chatting his way around without really giving you any useful information whatsoever i, I think that could work you were just about to say a million love songs weren't you i w- was always convinced that the that the the lyrics were a million love songs would be mega that's what i always <laughs> <laughs> million love songs for mega. 
Do you know the one that bothers me lyrically? I know it's a, I know it's, it's a pedantic point. Is um, da, do, da, do. the taxi cab is waiting? And you just go, taxi cab? Who says taxi cab? Well, mini cab would have fitted, but I suppose it's not very glamorous, is it? The mini cab is waiting. Well, that's because it would already be beeping outside. And they're yeah. like, dude, we've got to finish the song. And he's like, yeah. listen, I've got another booking, and the Sharan is a 2.3. So it's actually very <laughs> thirsty. And I don't want to shut yeah. it off because I've got yeah, the heating on at 27 degrees. It's a 2.3 auto, mate. I mean, honestly. Honestly, I'm barely turning a profit on this <laughs> racket as it is. And now you're tinkling away on your piano. Well, and you should be, be like, right, that's it. Love songs, a million love songs would be do, mega. Do, do. The mini cab is waiting. It's you can a actually 1998 hear it. Primera. <laughs> it, no, it, but what would be a really vocal diesel? Because you can actually oh. hear it in the background of the recording studio because it's so loud. They're like, well, can you uh, get... When was that song? That song was in the 90s, wasn't it? So I think yeah. they might have still been using, uh, mm. what about a Montego diesel? Oh, the Perkins. Because they had a bit of a Perkins chunky engine. turnover, didn't they? They were a bit, yeah, the Perkins, the Perkins Prima. It's um, one of those engines which sounded like it had no oil in it. So yeah. you had to check the oil every 20 minutes just, just to satisfy your curiosity. Well, the other day... I was putting pictures of manufacturers' test tracks on Twitter. Of course I was. I'm a deeply interesting man. I saw this. And um, and I put, the first one I put up, I just found it, I found it completely by accident when I was looking for something else, this picture of the, um, what's now the Jaguar Land Rover test track at Gaydon, but when it was sort of quite newly opened by British Leyland in 1980, um, and there's a picture of, it just you can just see it very small in frame an ital estate on the track and somebody various people who follow me on twitter who obviously you have engineers and have worked or do work at that facility have sort of chimed in with various recollections and one guy said oh, when we were developing perkins engines for land rovers we um we we decided to run one round without any oil in it and it just kept going which is remarkable, but I suppose not not entirely. I mean, that's the thing with diesel engines. They sort of self-lube a bit, don't they? So I suppose it's okay. They do. But they um, do. I still wouldn't recommend it. I'm trying to think what else would make a right old racket and, and ruin Gary Barlow's vocal take. Maybe a Granada. Those what, Ford di- diesels what, diesels? in the 80s were bloody awful. Yeah, I, I, there was a guy that used to do quite a lot of enthusiastic drink driving near me, and he had um, he had a normally aspirated diesel Sierra. Oh, was God. That, was that yeah. 2.3? I think it might have been. Yes, it was, uh, yeah. I remember, so was the Granada of that era. To be honest with you, um, I'm not saying it was cool to drink drive, because it wasn't. Um, but... I think if I was the police, I would just listen for the engine. And as soon as you hear it start up in the pub car park, you know, oh, hang on a minute, Daryl's about to go out on the road after six pints of cider. And also, it was so glacially slow. I reckon so you'd sort of half throttle in third, you could jump out of the driver's door, sort of, you know, George Michael's George Michael, yeah, you'd, yeah. Only be, you'd only be doing about 21 miles an hour. <laughs> so it's just like, it was so awful. Mm. I mean, what an awful, uh, awful thing. I just remembered that the lady who lived across the road from my parents in the 90s had a a, a Mark IV Escort diesel, naturally oh. aspirated. Oh, gosh. And that made a frigging racket on startup. Good what God. awful thing. I mean, I'm awful. surprised that the engine mounts had to be made out of titanium, solid titanium. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was directly from the space program. It was with the same stuff they used to anchor solar panels to a satellite <laughs> and going through an asteroid field. Oh, the only diesel cars had to use inner wings made of like acro props because <laughs> because otherwise it would just pull it would pull the strut towers inwards where it was just trying to turn the whole car over. You know, like you eat something really sour and then you suck your cheeks in. That was that was sort of the entire engine bay of that car. Oh yeah, what like Ian Brown's face? It basically yes, exactly. like... <laughs> Ian Brown's always <laughs> just had one of those lemon sour sweets whenever he's photographed. <laughs> yeah, all right, man. No, just let me have that. Oh man, it's sour. <laughs> Don't take the photo. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> it's a shame he's turned out to be a prick, isn't it? Because do know, you know it is a shame? I was I just thinking of his music. I think Stone Roses is amazing, and I um and I, I, I worry he's he's gone a bit odd, a bit a bit too odd. Talking of which, actually, I, I I was last night on this journey of creative driving home. Yeah. Um, there was a, they, they were celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of U um, 2s Achtung Baby. Oh, bloody and I know hell, yeah. I know this I know this isn't a podcast about music. It's about cars, but you know, music's an intrinsic part of doing a lot of journeys, isn't it? Yeah, driving journeys. I have to say, it was that they played it all um, song by song, and I was like, bloody hell, this has got some good shit in it. Mm. Mysterious ways. What a tune! Yeah, I was well, well down with that, and I and I realised I was too. I never went to any U two. I've never been to a U two concert, but the Actung Baby tour was supposed to be quite something, and uh, with flying yeah. trabants and things. And I, I'm one of those people who's sort of like, if you go, are you U two fan? I'd go, no, not really. And then I realised I do have a lot of their music, and I do quite like them. And uh, agree. I, Acting Baby is one of those albums where you, it's like you say, it's, you forget how good it is, and then you put it on and go, "Oh, stunning! Oh, yeah!" And at the time, particularly, do you remember when the first time you heard the fly? Yeah. You just go, what the fuck is this? And then it sounded crazy and messy and deranged, and not you too, because you used Fuzzy. to be standing on top of a cactus with loads of delay on the guitar. <laughs> doing slightly pompous sort of stadium rock, and then suddenly they're doing this kind of scuzzy, mad stuff. And yeah. and after a few listens, and they went, actually, I think this might be really good. So yeah, it's I can't believe it's thirty years since that. I, can't I have seen you two in either. concert. I saw them when they did that that thing where they played the whole of the Joshua Tree. Um, oh really? And that was the first half of the gig, and then the second half was they just did a grab bag of hits. And then did a really slightly odd version of Bowie's Heroes with Noel Gallagher, who was the support act, Noel Gallagher's high-sided vehicles. Oh, really? Yeah, and he came back on to do... Actually, no, he didn't. Sorry, you 2 did Heroes on their own, and then he came back on to do an Oasis song, which was the final song they did, and it's you 2 were just Noel Gallagher's backing band. It was a really interesting choice, but um, good. But they are phenomenally good live. They're like Noel Gallagher's high-revving Vtex. Oh, no, yeah, they were pretty good, but, but um, <clears throat> Noel Gallagher's high-idling van, um, yeah. which actually you could hear the whole time at the back of Twickenham Stadium where the gig was just it was a that Sherpa was, it was actually his minicab where it yeah. to take as soon as because <laughs> he didn't want to do any backstage stuff he was, he was over he just wanted that. to get out of there so he's so, got a guy um, waiting idly yeah in a in a, a, a Mark III Cavalier I was going to say Montego Countryman <laughs> estate Good estate for the run. with a very yeah. very sort of like dry sounding engine yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> is there any oil in there? Well, it's hard to tell, mate. It sounds the same either way. Yeah. Very dry. I'd, um, I'd, but yeah, Noel specifically requests it because it's the estate. He can get his guitars and an amp in the back of it. No worries at all. Yeah. And off he goes back to... Um, Hey, have you seen, by the way? Sorry, I just... just no Gallagher's, no dry, Gallagher's dry-sided sumps. I don't know. <laughs> oh, just, just silly no Gallagher bands that don't exist. Do you know what? I, I'm wondering whether listeners no of this Gallagher's podcast... high oil consumption. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, bo- the boars. The boars are scored to hell. The rings um, are ruined. Noel Gallagher's got a car for sale on Car and Classic at the moment. Oh. And this... This is quite a well-known car, apparently, in Noel Gallagher circles because he got, presumably because he'd been drinking or doing other things of an intoxicating nature, that he decided to buy a car. He saw one of those Vicarage Jags. You know, they do sort of beautiful Mark II Jag restorations or sorts of, I suppose, not really resto mods, they're just beautiful restorations. But yeah. I think they will put modern engines in them, won't they? forget now oh I'm yeah sure yeah yeah they want. will they will and i think they definitely put um they'll definitely put stuff like um, a more modern injected jag engine in it with, yeah uh yeah you saw better ignition and everything so so apparently noel gallagher <clears throat> saw one of these and went i want one of those i'm gonna buy one so he ordered one knowing he couldn't drive at this point because they said to him well it'll take about 18 months to two years to make this for you. And he's like, brilliant, I'll have learned to drive by then. And then he forgot. Well, he so forgot he'd ordered it or forgot He forgot to he'd ordered drive. it and he forgot to learn to drive as well. So really? he, um, yeah, and one day this, this car turns up at his house on a lorry. So he just stashed it away and then it just never used it. So it's ever. never been used? Never been used. I think he's, he, his, his wife took it out once. Noel Gallagher's it. never used coach-built Jaguars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Gallagher's low-mileage classics is, oh, well, in fact, a garage as well as an album. Do you know, um, that would, but that could be... Well, pop stars have done weirder things. I'm sure if yeah. he started shifting old Bristols and dusty Jensen's, you'd go, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. all right. <laughs> you'd just go, yeah, Has it ever right. been used? He'd be the one car dealer who doesn't just drive the stock around until the tank's on fumes. He'd be he the guy, he'd be the guy, and, and someone mentioned this actually on social media as a potential topic of chat, of he'd be one of these ones where he's selling quite an expensive exotic car, but he simply doesn't have the patience to write a good description in the advert for it. And if you ask any more questions about it, he gets quite short and aggressive. With you. Really like, tetchy. I'm asking, I'm just, it's an 80 grand car. I'm asking about things like, you know, was the interior ever restored? Well, I don't know whether it was. Just come and... And if you come and see it, I've only got 10 minutes, so don't mess me about. I, I don't want any... It's like, do you want to sell this bloody car or not? I mean, seriously, yeah. don't, don't just, be short yeah, with me. You you email them from the ad and go, just wondering, have you got any pictures of the interior? Because there are literally none in the advert, and they send back, we're really busy. Yeah. And that's you it. Just go, well, that's great. Um, wonderful. Thanks for that. It could be uh, it could be extensively fire damaged inside, and you'd never know because of their bizarre policy of really shitty adverts for cars. It's strange that, isn't it? And it's like when you see a dealer do it, it's really mystifying because like a private punter, that's one thing. But um, it's I just I don't understand why a dealer would. It's like it's this is your job. This is totally your job to do. 
It's one I of the few things you have to do. Yeah, I, I've why never can't you do it correctly? It. Anyway, never Noel Gallagher. It. So what? Well, the thing, the thing that Noel Gallagher ordered from Vicarage wasn't just a lovely restored Mark II Jag. It was a Mark II Jag that's been made into a two-door convertible. And quite honestly, I, I taste his personal, of course, but I think it looks bloody awful. It looks like a Mitsuoka. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think if if you, when you describe it, it sounds like it could be a wonderful thing, but the execution mm. hasn't quite worked. It's it's. Yeah. I'm sure it's been done really well, quality. Oh god, yeah, it looks like the finish is beautiful. I bet it finishes amazing. Cars are, are exquisitely done. It probably no cost question. him quarter of a million quid. I mean, well, I think it's up for 125 grand from memory, assuming it's still for sale. I don't. Yeah, but, know, I, bet, but I bet that's I bet that's less than it cost him to build the bloody. Oh thing. god, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's absolute classic example of rock star excess in that he's just like he's bought he's bought a car that he can't use and then just yeah. gone, Oh fuck it and put it in a garage and not I mean, use it's, it. It's at least it at least you know what car it started off as. It was the, the Will I Am who commissioned some absolute like heroin injection spec cars. I mean they're just so odd and just yeah. stupid. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's like you've got Frank Zappa on a configurator and gone, go on, Frank, <laughs> have a go on that. What do you reckon? And he just build his own configurator. Uh, uh, I think it was. I just a- found this ad for Noel Gallagher's Jag, and yeah, 125 grand. Apparently, um, it was in one of his music videos recently. Yeah, but he didn't as drive featured it, did in he? Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds recent music video featuring Matt Smith and Gala Gordon. Oh, there you go. Well, See, this is a bit of a half because what's happened is that it says um, built by Vicarage for Noel Gallagher. On whose behalf we are offering it for sale? It's a garage in Surrey that's actually selling it, and um, oh. it's a half-assed ad. The pictures oh. aren't bad. There's a few pictures, but the description is all of six lines, and it ends really? with a Google search will provide all sorts of additional information. Well, why don't you do that? That's your job. Uh, it's extraordinarily sloppy. I mean, I, I, on the other hand, I can't bear those adverts that you see a lot, classic car ads, where they go through basically, and then the animals crawled from the sea and evolved legs and lungs. And you go, You've gone too far <laughs> oh, back. You've gone you, too you, you far know back. It's just, <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. And, they go, and then... Uh, Mr. William Hurst of the Rover Car Company. Then you just go, no, 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 just get cut to the chase. I don't need to know the history of the car. I either know it already or I will look it up separately. Yes. I want to know about this specific car that you're selling. Don't Damn. need to go into the history of humankind. So true. This is You're so right. I don't want the history of that car, of, 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 of the make and model from square one. I want yeah. to know what happened to this one. What's this yep. car's story? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a happy medium with car ads there detail is. but only about the specific thing you're selling not how the wheel was discovered or how internal combustion came about not necessary cut to the chase I've just realised um, and I apologise in advance if A you can hear the tumble dryer because my wife <laughs> appears to have filled it with spanners and uh, spare part, bits of metal it's going to dry the garden. out these snooker balls Johnny <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to add to add to that, our washing our, our tumble dryer is completely wanked. I've tried to mend it and it's wanked. It's a real oh. shame. So I think it's a bit a bit built in um, obsolescence there. And then B, my, this I'm in the same room I always record this podcast in, and it's very mm. echoey because I've had I've been forced to tidy it. 
Oh no. Um, yeah, and it's really tidy. It's actually helped my kind of my focus and my my productivity. But yeah. I think it's gone really echoey as a result. It does sound more echoey than normal. Yeah. So uh, so I'm wondering it's it's the lack of clutter. Could you get a few cushions or pillows next week? Yeah. Do you know I'm, my pet hate with sofas, as I've said to you before, is lots of scatter cushions that you have to yes. just fuzz immediately on the floor because yes. they don't help the seating yes. experience. But I might buy loads. I'm going to order loads. Next. I'm going to go to home base. And you know the really unpopular ones that nobody orders because yes, crap designs. Well, I'm going to buy them because it's got a picture of Herman Goering on. It's reduced to two pounds. I'll buy that. <laughs> um, or car club. You know car clubs who will sell you a cushion, and you go, oh. oh, that's amazing. Oh wow, the Focus RS Owners Club have got a scatter cushion available. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe they make Mark IV Passat cushions. That's amazing. Well, I'll have all two, please. Oh, just uh, egg boxes. Just pin some egg boxes to the wall. That might do the trick. I'm going to do and egg it, boxes. It's a strong um, look. And I'm uh, owner's club um, apparel. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Absolutely, 100%. Or owner's club egg boxes, if such a thing exists. I'm sure they do. What with print on demand these days, you probably go, oh, wow, I didn't know oh. this, but the... Uh, if, listen, you can you can you can hold me to ransom if the MG Owners Club of Great Britain don't sell <laughs> don't, don't sell an eggs egg <laughs> an, an egg cup. <laughs> we're back to General Electric and their diffuse business model. You go, yeah, we're the MG Owners Club, but you know, aren't they the biggest car owners club in Britain or even the world or something? I mean, they're I a proper the, company, aren't they? They, they, they have a, a headquarters. Yeah, they're they're a real company. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of owners like clubs have a headquarters, but it turns out to be someone's dining room table. But the MG oh, Owners Club has an actual building in Abingdon, oh, I yeah. think, or in Oxfordshire. If you have, if you order spares from uh, an owners club like of the size of the MG, it, I think it's a proper warehouse. Whereas mm. most of the time, it's sort of someone's dead mother's garage that they go round to every other week. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll go. I'm sure we've got one of. I'm sure we've got one of those wishbones. But I've just got to go and check. But I'm not there until sort of like a fortnight's time. And even then, there's no electricity in there, so I'm just going to have to go and use my phone as a torch. So I'll see what <laughs> I can do. And if you, I've, I've, I've been in that situation. Where I'm like, oh, I kind of need it quite urgently. Could I, could I give you a bit of extra money to kind of get it within a week or so? No, no. Oh, okay. I can't. Oh, because, shit. Yeah, I am. And they're like, if, and, and also I don't. I've also had the instance where I'll find it for you, but I'm not posting it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the other way around, I suppose. Well, I'll I post won't. it to you, but I'm not going to find it first, okay? Or I'm not going to so, give you a price first, so I'll post it to you, and then you'll go, that's the part, and you go, brilliant, it's £695. <laughs> you go, well, hang on, it's just a door hinge. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's the one that you want, and it's 700 quid. Also, I didn't ask you to put some eggs in the same package. They've all smashed and ruined everything. Well, we sell eggs now, so I'm afraid you're going to have to deal with it. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down on owners' clubs. There's some brilliant ones out there. No, there are some brilliant ones, aren't there? Although uh, I'm a member I, of two of them. Are you? Which yeah, ones are you I'm a member of? of two owners' clubs. Um, Avenger Sunbeam Owners Club. Uh, okay, those so you're guys a member of a club called... for a car you do not have. Yes, that's okay. true, Richard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I might no, just do that because I'm not a member that. of any owners' clubs. I might just go and join one of a car that I like but don't actually have. 
But. Do you, you should do that as a Christmas present to yourself. You know when you can like adopt an animal um, to yes. help it to help it from um, becoming extinct. Yeah, but you don't get the animal, do you? If you, you, you don't get the animal, normal, you can't have it at home. You That's can't. Stupid. No, I had to explain that to my daughter because she we, she adopted a snow <laughs> leopard. And it's like, when, when, can, the when zebra the way... is not coming round for Christmas. Just to make that clear. That's right. It's like yeah, you're not you're not going to get a snow leopard because that's the point of this sponsorship is there's not many of them and so. Do you know what? Hey, could we could we adopt on. could we adopt a Matra Rancho? Because well, I think there's only about four in Britain. Yes, I was just going to say what I might do instead instead of joining an owners club for a car I don't have, I'm going to start an owners club for a car i don't have and you can only join it if you also do not have this car like the talbot tagora owners club or something and then one day a guy the 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 bloke who owns britain's last tagora which i assume is close to being the case will fetch up and we'll go no i'm sorry you can't come in unless you sell your tagora we're very much a virtual owners club or a theoretical one i know you like um you like bitters don't you they're a car that you never see oh yeah and no, and not a probably. There's probably three of them in Britain. So what about a bitter owners club? A bit <laughs> sounds great. Anyway. <laughs> Open to misinterpretation as well. Completely, because um, you'd I'm have gonna... a guy turn up. I'm really glad this 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 club's kicked off because I I, yeah, I, I, I was fucking hate my ex-wife. No, no, it's not that kind of bitter. I was um, a member of the V6 Vectra Club, and they're all tossers. So I've, I've quit that club. <laughs> and I want to join. <laughs> but I like club. GM Europe sourced parts, so I'm coming to the bitter club. There is. I've just typed in bitter owners club into Google and welcome to the bitter owners club website. Oh, oh. my goodness. There is a, and I don't know, where is it based? Is it in Britain? It's not in Britain. It feels is it? like it is. There's pictures. There's pictures British of bitters on display at the Classic Car Show at the NEC. Oh, actually, it's the Classic Car Show in Manchester. Gosh. Um, the club, let's have a look. Yeah. The Bitter Owners Club was initially founded in 1988 to represent the interests of owners and enthusiasts of the 33 cars in the UK. It, has, it soon expanded. Yeah. This is 1988, though, when they were still making them, I think. Uh, expanded to meet the needs of bitter enthusiasts worldwide. <laughs> Currently, the club has over 50 members in five countries. That is brilliant. So over make it, 50 uh, Over members. 50. That's 52, I'm going to say. Best uh, Bitter, the club magazine. Oh, well done. Oh, this is just so good. Best this Bitter is, so good. is at the heart of the club. It is published quarterly and normally has between 32 and 40 pages. Wow, it, it covers Hang topics it, such as introducing new members. Yes, I'm going to join them. And they go, "What bitter have you got?" I go, "I haven't," but I'm thinking about it. Are we? Is this? Uh, there's so many partridge-esque moments. Are you sure that Steve um, Coogan doesn't do the Bitter Magazine or started <laughs> just because you know what he's like? He's quite he's quite an unusual guy, anyway, isn't it? It's the sort of thing he would probably yeah, enjoy. he probably would, and he likes cars. There's no joining fee, by the way. I've just looked at the, the joining page. There's no joining fee. The annual subscription rates are UK ten pounds. That is a bargain. Should we join? That should be our thing. Neither of us own bitters. Last time I checked, we just wanted to join. But his, uh, so uh, general membership inquiries. You see, this is classic. This is the guy. I guess is is the head of the club. It's just his address. He lives on the Isle of Wight. Oh, of course. Can you imagine driving a bitter on the Isle of Wight? I mean, you're instantly a man of mystery, aren't you? It's just wonderful. What does He's, this man do? The the only the only personnel of the bitter club listed on the website are, are, is just this one guy. He's the secretary, Paul, on the Isle of Wight. I feel like he may be carving a lonely furrow at the moment. He's got no. Maybe that's it. We'll join and offer to be like club, club president. They probably you're on the telly. You could be their club president. 
Shall I'd I? love that. Actual what? celebrity joins the bitter club, and and, and they just they'll just gloss over the fact you don't have a bitter. And, do, you um, rec- do you reckon? I think so. Uh, I'm going to look up though. Well, so I'm on Car and Classic anyway. Shall I just see if they've got <laughs> got any bitters for sale? <laughs> don't, because you'll find why out there's several. Funny? Oh God, I don't know are. why bit, bitters are funny. If, by the way, if you're a patron to this podcast, we will put some links, bitter oh, we'll related, all this, bitter, all links. bitter links, bitter links, <laughs> and all sorts, and old Gallagher's car and all that. There's a bitter here, twenty eight thousand nine hundred and fifty quid for a nineteen eighty four bitter SC with a with a very sort of caramelly ruched leather interior. Oh, ruched, it's a nice it looking ruched, car. Wouldn't it? It's like a sort of B side Ferrari four hundred. Yeah, I think it it might even it probably would drive better than that. No, I bet it would. Yeah. Oh my god, this interior is leathery. Is oh it? dear. Yeah, it's really leathery. I bet it, it, that's there's potential for a lot of squeakiness in there. But this car looks tidy AF. And so, so the person that owns that, their wife probably had a, a Di Tommaso Deauville as their sort of other car, yeah. pra- more practical car. Ooh. So, yeah, this is a particularly fine example with good paintwork, very good paintwork, actually, it says, and an excellent, luxurious interior. Originally a Canadian car, it was brought over to Europe and registered in Germany, currently in the UK, but we can assist with new registration anywhere. Probably the best value Bitter SC in the world right now. It's a hotly contested I'm not going to... I was going to say, I'm not going to argue with that. No. Um, <laughs> Noel Gallagher will probably buy it and say, can you can you convert it to a, a, an eight-door limousine? Um, yeah. Running then, on... Uh, yeah, well, that'll take a couple of years. Brilliant. I'll have totally forgotten about it by then. <laughs> That's just the old Gallagher's forgetful car commission. He'll <laughs> uh, just be like... No. <laughs> old Gallagher's short-term memory. Um, yeah, I've just commissioned, yeah, the eight-door bitter that solely runs on cat piss. I think it's going to be ready by 2030. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, I was going to say we should we should start to to wind this one up so that we can have it delivered to Noel Gallagher's house and claim that he forgot he ordered it. But I was just going to say back to that um, uh, Cayman GT4 that you've been driving. Yeah. Um, I had totally forgotten about that car in a weird sort of way. Like I'd just been like, ah, oh, GT4, yeah, yeah. I hear it's really good. I'm sure it's great. La la la. But it's not a GT3, is it? Sort, then, of, sort of Corona got in the way, probably muddied yeah. the, the, the fanfare of it. And you you were messaging me the other yeah. afternoon when you were driving it, raving yeah. about how sublime it was. I think you used the word sublime, didn't you? Yeah, and I don't use that word very often. No. Because I, I often you think if you, if you separate the two words, sub and lime, it's a sort of DJ name that I would adopt if I was in a different <laughs> job. Wasn't it a Chrysler colour, a Mopar colour? Oh, it was sublime. sublime. Sublime was. It was a, a, along with Plum Crazy and um, Panther Pink. Oh, there were some awesome <laughs> colours. Mega um, So I started looking at it and I read a couple <clears throat> of reviews of the GT4 that I sort of probably scanned over at the time. And I suddenly got a total want-on for that car because I realised, in fact, it's brilliant. I mean, I've not driven it, but it sounds amazing. And what you said mm. about it, I was just like... And what you, you, the point you were making, which I'm sure you'll make in your video, so I won't spoil it, about you know how it is the Porsche that people think doesn't exist anymore. But it's, um, it's, it's fabulous. So I started looking. I was like, yes... And not even the yeah. RS that they announced the other day. It's like, oh, yes, I'm sure that's fine, but that standard GT4 sounds fabulous. But then I was looking, I was going, I spec'd one up on the Porsche configurator, and even with a few little bits and pieces just to make it really nice. It yeah, what, ashtray, than... door handle protectors, and an <clears throat> yeah, earthing obviously. strip on the back. It's still earthing under 80 strip, grand. Uh, chrome wheel arches, 
and um, <laughs> like an old Merc. And uh, and it was it was it still comes in at seventy ish grand less than the very cheapest no options nine eleven, and that sort yeah. of feels like a bargain in a weird world yeah. where seventy grand is a bargain. But then, yeah, I realised they also put that engine slightly less power in um, in the Cayman GTS. That's right. So I started reading reviews of that. Yeah, and my colleague Stu Gallagher from Evo had reviewed it and basically said. Really, it's it's fabulous in every way, and um, and I so I started specking one of those, and that was like sixty grand. Yeah. So although like, it's sixty k, is a lot of money, especially in <clears throat> you know. But in Porsche terms, it's not. In, in Por- and and if it's a GT car, that's the thing. It's it's a Porsche GT car. It's pretty special, right? And you, you, yeah. The, I mean, you'll 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 have to watch my late break show review of the car and decide whether I've done a terrible job of reviewing it. But uh, there's not going to be any street drifting because um, I'm not I'm too old for that, and I, I'll get caught. But nevertheless, well, you, a hell of a car. I like the way you preemptively warned me that the video might not be brilliant because you were really tired when you did it. But I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I'm sure it will be worth a watch. Um, well, on that note, we should wrap things up. And as we do, I've got three things to tell you. The first one is that, as you probably know, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show. And upon there, you will shortly find a review of the uh, Porsche 718 Cayman GT4. When's that going up, roughly? I think it's actually going to be going up the day this podcast comes out. So ah, okay. it's something so you can keep, do on the same day. Keep them peeled, guys. Um, the second thing I've got to do is I've got a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia 3. It's available on Amazon as a paperback or an ebook, or you can buy the paperback through the Late Break Show merch shop as well. Uh, it is um, full of lots of arcane facts about cars. That's what it says on the tin. Um, and the third thing I've got to tell you is um, that, once again, I haven't checked my notes and I can't remember what I was going to tell you. Oh, yes, the world's biggest crisp factory is on the outskirts of Leicester. Oh, yes, yeah. it's Ashby Delazouche. Is it Ashby? Okay. I think it's Ashby Delazouche. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was sort of more just like suburban Leicester, but it makes some... Well, it normally makes about 11 million bags of crisps a day. Is it, that, does it really? 11, it, yeah. 11 oh, million? Who's eating all these crisps? Gosh, it doesn't at the moment though because they're having an IT problem and there's a there's a national crisp drought from walkers. There is, and I wish there I available. wish there was a single use plastic drought, but sadly there isn't. But that's another subject. Well, quite on that side yes. of things. So yeah. uh, thanks for listening. Million bags of crisps a day though. That's Jeez. filth. That's yeah, filth. But great if you've got a hangover. Oh, um, we're yeah. just hungry. Yeah. Well, look. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already commented, um, give left us a star rating. Apparently, that makes it a good thing so you oh, can yes. do that yes let's we get never business like it. about this right like us I, through I don't know Apple Podcasts or Spotify or something just like us give us a star rating leave a review that's even better and if you want to really show your support we have a Patreon and we really appreciate the fact that people do throw in a few quid to help us justify continuing to do this yeah that would be wonderful thanks ever so much these too. are what marketing people would call calls to action I think yeah, CTAs. Yeah, or activations as well. Are you, activations is a sort of term in that world. And I went to a rugby match the other day where they did a half-time thing to promote something, which, uh, tellingly, I can't remember what they were promoting. But at the end of it, the guy doing the commentary went, OK, that's the end of that activation. I was like, you sort of showing how the sauce is made here, mate. But um, I thought that was quite weird. Activation. Anyway. 
activations. Well, there are activations or yeah, they, 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 they were. Yeah. Please subscribe to our Patreon. You get bonus content uh, every so often. You'll get a Friday afternoon pub quiz from me, which should be about cars, obviously. I That's right. This podcast often isn't. And thank you for your letters, electric letters, not not physical ones. Electric yeah. letters? No, we don't. Maybe we should start doing that. Where we'll just give out our one of our home addresses and we'll start running Smith and Sniff Industries Limited from a dining room table, just like um, sounds like the story of my club. life. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> well, yeah. you do sort of do that. Don't you? I do do that. So don't don't mock <laughs> I suppose me. Suppose I do in a way. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, that's enough of this. For I love now, you. But, um, and I, yeah, and I promise the next podcast I'll talk about my office chair that someone turned into to a gigantic phallus when I worked on Max Power. Oh. Uh, until then, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.